Hey gang, welcome to Dateline Louisiana, a provocative look at the deepest of the deep southern states. Thoughts that are informative, candid, humorous, and sometimes controversial about life in one of the most interesting and rabble-rousing states in the nation. Here are your hosts, Anna Gray and Jim Brown. Hello there. Welcome to Dateline, Louisiana. I'm Jim Brown with my co-host, Ronna Gray. Ronna, hello. How you doing? Can't wait for today's show. I'm doing great. Well, uh, you know, we were going to consider several subjects to do. Uh, let me first tell our listeners, if you're new to the show, just what you're going to be listening to coming up in the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, we live down in, in the deep south in Louisiana. We think it's very unique. And we're not saying we're better or it's more interesting than other states, but there are some very attractive things that go on down here that are very appealing to millions of people, some 20 million people to New Orleans alone last year. So millions of people find it fascinating to come down to what some people say is the most northern Caribbean country, uh, a unique place that uh, has been uh, focused on in so many areas, whether it be uh, the music, the food, uh, uh, the special rhythms, the writers that are here, obviously sports, uh, uh, schools like LSU being national champion just two years ago. So many things make up this interesting gumbo, if you will, of living in Louisiana. We try to take a different subject so we can tell you all about it. That's what Ron and I try to do. So our website is datelinelouisiana.com. You can kind of get a list of who's going to be on the show, what we're talking about. Hopefully you go to that website again, datelinelouisiana.com. And Ron, uh, I'm, it's getting kind of supper time this time of day when we're doing this podcast. I'm hungry. Let's talk about some food today, the unique foods of living here in the South and in the state of Louisiana. Well, you've already talked about how Louisiana is a gumbo of cultural richness. So you've already kind of got us started on one of the things we're really known for and all the different types of gumbo that people make here. Uh, but you're right. We, we're we just going to take a little quick tour around the state, talk about some of the things that Louisiana, besides music, uh, is most known for, and that's our food. And you mentioned gumbos, and, and most people, I think, by now know what a gumbo is, uh, and we put anything in gumbos. Maybe it's a seafood gumbo. Maybe it's a sausage gumbo. Uh, it'll be a combination, usually with a rice base. You put in some rice, and then you make that roux, that special gravy that makes it so tasty. Roux starts off with what we call the Cajun Trinity or the Holy Trinity of Foods, which is celery, onions, and bell peppers that came from Chef Paul Prudhomme, an uh, uh, internationally known chef that st has passed away, but his spices are still available. So you put make that roux, and then you put whatever you want to. It may be uh, uh, duck meat. It may be an alligator. Uh, it could be uh, uh, various fishes that you could pinpoint. And like I say, any kind of meats, just whatever your heart desires to make up that gumbo. And a lot of people have heard about filet gumbo and, and maybe don't know what that is, but that's ground sassafras leaves, filet is, which is a unique seasoning. I'm not really the one to be talking about making gumbo, but I always hear the music, filet gumbo, and <laughs> uh, that's a, a great seasoning that you put in it. Okra, you mentioned. That's right. Vegetables and uh, seafood or chicken and sausage, a good combination of gumbo there. And so many people... Are 
make a unique gumbo, and we have gumbo contests here. We got a gumbo festival. And uh, can I tell you one story? Uh, uh, I used to be in public life to all your listeners out there years ago, and I'd make speeches around the state. And one day I was coming home from deep South Louisiana. We'll talk about the special flavors of South Louisiana. And uh, I stopped off a little general store to get something cold to eat. It was in the middle of the summertime. And I walked up on the porch, and there was a fellow on a big stew pot. And I said, hey, friend, uh, what, you, what you cooking? And he said, I'm making me up a gumbo. And I said, hmm, what kind of gumbo you making? He says, I'm making me up a, an owl gumbo. And I said, owl gumbo? <laughs> What's an owl gumbo's taste like? He says, hmm. About like a hawk gumbo. <laughs> so I tell that story to say that gumbos don't have one specific ingredient or flavor. It's what you want to mix in. It's a staple. Uh, and, and it used to be that, you know, people uh, who were just kind of making do from week to week would uh, uh, get whatever they were able to get a hold of. If they would go out into the woods and catch themselves an alligator or a squirrel or whatever it happened to be, they'd throw it in. Rice was cheap. You could make up a roux. So it was fairly healthy dish, very tasty. Didn't cost you a lot of money is the point I'm making. And you mentioned rice. You're right. You always get a little little bed of rice for your gumbo. And uh, some parts of Louisiana put a scoop of potato salad in it, which is really, you know, we talk about gumbo, uh, our food, but also gumbo, our heritage. That's a throwback to some of our German ancestors that introduced a little scoop of potato salad. And you go into central Louisiana, Marksville, Foyles Parish, and you'll find a lot of people putting that potato salad in their gumbo. They do. And often on the side, they'll take a uh, boiled egg. They'll put boiled egg will go with, with the entire mix. And you mentioned rice. Rice, of course, is a huge staple that is raised down here, one of the biggest rice-producing states in the whole country. And uh, they have one of the huge festivals. We've got festivals that honor everything. You name it. Uh, we we honor it and ha- once a year celebrate it, have a queen. And the Rice Festival is one of the giant festivals down in Louisiana. As many as 100,000 people turn out. John Kennedy, President John Kennedy, kicked off uh, his campaign for presidency, many people say, at the Rice Festival when he crowned the queen and came down uh, and really for the first time asserted himself as running for president. So it's very famous to come to festivals like that. And rice is the staple going with the sauce that you put together and whatever flavoring you put in. If it's seafood, you might put in some crab meat. Uh, you put in uh, a, a shrimp, and uh, or if it's meat, just you have a choice of, of various meats, and you can put about anything you can catch. And as I say, we, we laugh about the fact that we'll eat about anything in a gumbo down here, and that's why I tell those stories. So, well, we, that- we actually we were laughing one time about how the— um, Food is such a draw for tourists down here. People just map out which restaurants they want to eat in and and map that all out and plan their trip around it. And we've got Louisiana has culinary trails that take you throughout different parts of the state, depending on what type of uh, food you want to try. Um, so we laugh sometimes about our tourism ads showing them hurling these boiled crawfish out on tables piled up for you to eat. And we think, what if you're sitting up in Iowa and you see these bright red critters 
thrown out on the table and, oh, you can't wait to run down there and try that. But that's what people are doing, and that's some of the best food with our seafood that you can find. A lot of people call them mud bugs, and uh, uh, most it was up till recently, and I think it's still a pretty heavy percentage, 90% of all the crawfish, and you get them either in crawfish ponds that farmers raise or you get them into uh, sloughs and swamps along the side of the road. Crawfish are very, very plentiful. They come out just after the first of the year, and usually in the spring, that's when they're the ripest. The, the, the shells haven't hardened yet, and it's it's been a staple down in South Louisiana for uh, well over a century as these bugs were discovered. The mud bugs, the crawfish were discovered. You peel them, uh, quite frankly. You kind of break the back. You, you, you boil them. You put them in boiling water, cook them for maybe an hour and a half or so, put lots of seasoning in there for a crawfish boil, pop those backs, and and uh, you get a little process. You've got to learn to take that meat out. And then the head of the crawfish, you want to suck that head because it's so <laughs> full of seasoning and uh, fat that is so tasteful. And that's how you would do. Uh, you would start off with uh, the boiled crawfish. Then, as you mentioned, Rana, you've got the in the gumbos, you've got crawfish étouffée and uh, uh, just so many forms of, of crawfish. Don't we're, you? we're a little like the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company from Forrest Gump, where you've got shrimp this and shrimp that. We've got crawfish everything as well. You're right, étouffée and bisque, a crawfish bisque, fried crawfish tails, sometimes on salads. Uh, just incredible ways you can you can eat crawfish. In the bisque, you take the we'll stuff the heads. We'll kind of uh, take some spe- make a special stuffing. Uh, put the roux together. Put the crawfish meat in there and stuff the heads with with them. And that's very special. The étouffée. You take the crawfish, put on a bit of rice. So there's so many ways to do it, and that's become a staple. Well, not just all over Louisiana, but it's, it's getting into the rest of the, of the country. Over in Alabama, you can get crawfish now. And it's funny, Ron, I was up in New York uh, oh, a few years back, went to a very posh restaurant, and uh, they had crawfish for $25. I think you got three crawfish on the plate as an appetizer. And uh, well, we'd go through you know, go through 100 crawfish, and we eat at a crawfish boil, so, and they're a lot cheaper than that. I think down here, in the, in the price generally is $3, $3.54 a pound, depending on the time of year. Anyway, it's a staple. Let's start, though, with New Orleans. I mean, you've got to say that the place you're going to start for really good eating is down in New Orleans. And, uh, Rana, you and I have had many wonderful meals down there, haven't we? Definitely. New Orleans has some of the top restaurants in the country, probably in the world. And um, a lot of people think they're coming to Louisiana from other states to eat Creole food or eat Cajun food. They're actually very different. New Orleans has more, I think, of the Creole food there with the European and African and Caribbean flavors that come out in that a lot more use of tomatoes. You know, it's fighting words to put tomatoes in gumbo in some places, some parts of the of the state. But you're right. There's there's not many cities in the world that you'll find as many good restaurants as New Orleans. Well, and you talked about the Creole making. Generally, uh, you had French chefs that came over from France 
They didn't have the same ingredients that they were able to find in France, but they were able to use local ingredients that gave a unique uh, flavor. And then we seasoned our food a lot more here than virtually any place as you go to outside of maybe some of the Thai uh, parts of the world and Thai restaurants. But uh, uh, the, the oldest continuing restaurant in America is a restaurant called Antoine's on St. Louis Street in the French Quarter in New Orleans. I believe that started in the late, uh, early 1800s has been the oldest continuing restaurant. Second is a place called Two Jacks. That's the second oldest continuing restaurant in America. And uh, those are two of my favorites. And as you said, you can get uh, all the various fish flavors, uh, uh, great pompano, uh, speckled trout, redfish, that just are exquisitely put together with maybe a crawfish topping, crab meat topping on top of it. And, of course, the bread is just uh, – I, I live for eating the bread in New Orleans, Rana. It's just so unique. And the process, they take the a French loaf of bread and run it through a warmer maybe five or six times. That gives it that crisp taste and uh, just so wonderful as a dip in maybe uh, one of your appetizers, uh, maybe with a, a shrimp dish. Uh, barbecued shrimp is very popular down down in uh, Louisiana, down in New Orleans. And so you can do so much, but you get those really classical fine restaurants. Galatoire's is uh, uh, people come from all over the, the country just to eat at a place called Galatoire's on Bourbon Street. And they all have these wonderful Creole flavors uh, that have been traditional and standing for many, many years. And uh, uh, so, uh, any of it, I know you've had a lot of great meals. I have. We have family traditions of New Year's Eve and birthday parties at these special restaurants. Recently, and I say recently, last 25 years, you've had all these super chefs that have emerged. You always had the wonderful restaurants, but you've had the chefs that have become real celebrities, having their own television shows, really making a name for themselves down there, haven't we? Yes, definitely. Probably Emerald comes to mind, one of the most successful ones, being on a national television show. But but you're right. Uh, your chefs in New Orleans are celebrities in their own right. No doubt. You had Paul Prudhomme, I mentioned, who passed away, whose spices and sauces are still available online, uh, uh, so successful. John Besh is a very famous chef down there that has, I think, five or six restaurants now, and just exquisite. Uh, uh, John does some marvelous uh, stuff and have a family connection with him. He's come to our house and, and cooked at our home before. And so, uh, uh, in any event, you've got all these great choices, and people make a special tribute there. And uh, uh, throughout the greater New Orleans area, uh, across Lake Pontchartrain, uh, along the Mississippi River, you've just got so many choices. And, Ron, I think you said this before. Any number of people make a special pilgrimage to New Orleans just to eat. Right. And uh, my college roommate who lives up in a little town, Kentucky, comes down once a year. And he has pre-checked all of his restaurants and all the food websites. He knows exactly where he wants to eat. He makes reservations uh, months in advance. And, uh, you know, you and I have eaten there so much, we usually have a special connection. They say they won't take 
reservations we do. So I laugh when he's he says, well, I can't get in this restaurant. And with some local connections we have, we can get you in it. So if you can't get in a restaurant, you go to our contact information on Dateline, Louisiana. <laughs> Ron and I will get you in that restaurant. What, what? We'll try. We'll try. We might even go with you. <laughs> Let's jump to South Louisiana now, the special Cajun flavors. Everybody's heard of the Cajuns. But they have a, a little different take. It's not classical uh, sauces and fine dining as such. It, it, it's more basic, but it sure is tasty, isn't it, Rana? Well, it's very different, though. And, and uh, if you talk to anyone in Lafayette, they will claim they're really the food capital of uh, Louisiana, not New Orleans. But, of course, New Orleans has the volume and the tradition and the history. But uh, that whole area of Acadiana influenced by the French Acadian exiles who came down and settled that area, is very different. It's it's a very different than the Creole food of New Orleans, definitely. Well, the sauces make a huge difference. There are very unique sauces. And again, these were Acadians that came from Canada. They were not accepted very well up there. had come from France to Canada, were not accepted very well. So in mass, they came down the Mississippi River and landed in South Louisiana and uh, formed a very unique culture. In fact, Rana, I don't know how it is today, but I, th- I remember 10 years ago, there were town of Abbeville, Louisiana, 15% of the people still speak to each other strictly in Cajun French. Right. And the signs outside the grocery stores uh, are in French. There are French radio stations throughout right. South Louisiana. Street signs in Lafayette are in French uh, still for people there. And when you get into the Cajun world and cuisine, we certainly see more of the some of the exotic foods like uh, alligator and turtle you know, making turtle soups. Of course, you have got that in New Orleans as well. Turtle sauce pecan right. is a, a, a somewhat of a similar gumbo dish. And and, and where so- New Orleans, I think, really benefits from that, you know, 400-plus miles of coastline that we have at the Gulf and then all that freshwater fish that you talked about and seafood then you get into Acadiana and all the bayous and inlets. You have some more catfish and uh, more freshwater uh, seafood in that area as well. No doubt about it. And uh, like I say, Lafayette is kind of a uh, uh, little jealous and uh, uh, very defensive about the fact that uh, people want to come to New Orleans and say, you come to Acadiana, and especially for the dishes we mentioned, like the crawfish and the crab meat, all the freshly. And, and you know, when you are having crawfish in Acadiana, at a number of great restaurants and the crab meat, it has been caught in most instances that very day. What you eat, have on your table at night in a restaurant there or at the supermarket in the afternoon was caught either the day before or that day. You go two and three days and uh, you don't want to eat, eat there. It's, we're very protective of the fresh food, the fresh right. seafood down here. I think our point is we love to stoke the rivalry a little bit because then when people come and visit, they've just got to tour the state and try all the different foods. Um, I live in Baton Rouge, and while Baton Rouge is not known for the restaurants that Acadiana or New Orleans has, it's sort of this clash of cultures because of the uh, state capital and the univer- two universities and Exxon, one of its largest refineries here, has brought people in. So you get this real capital cuisine here that, that is a mix. You can find almost anything here. 
uh, not as famous a food place as as the other two. But every place in Louisiana, we're going to move up north and talk about that a little bit. Every place in Louisiana has its own take on Louisiana cuisine. Well, it used to be that it was more uh, cut and dried meat and potatoes type approach you'd find in the Midwest as you moved into North Louisiana. Uh, but what's happening is, Ronnie, it's almost been an osmosis that has moved up from South Louisiana. Now you can get crawfish all over uh, and good seafood. And, and a lot of these recipes have come up and been adapted to the local culture with a balance, as you said. It's a little different in North Louisiana. You go to Shreveport, which is a very famous uh, third largest city in Louisiana, uh, the Louisiana Hayride, where all these great musicians that came out of this state and others that didn't, like Elvis Presley, and, and so many uh, people performed the Louisiana Hayride. That's uh, the city of Shreveport and coming down to Lake Charles along the western border, I would say has more Texas influence there to where if you want to really get a good steak, you can get a wonderful steak in Shreveport. They have seafood and they there's a number of good choices, but it's more the Texas influence of barbecue. And that's what I've found in my visits there to where you can get some wonderful barbecue, really good steaks, and then the seafood flow that's come on up. Good eating uh, doesn't have the reputation of, of you find in South Louisiana, Cajun land and New Orleans, but it's still pretty good eating. We, you right. can eat all over the state and eat pretty good. <laughs> I agree. And then you have Natchitoches, the oldest settlement in the Louisiana Purchase, up in that uh, part of north central Louisiana, and uh, famous for the Natchitoches meat pies. That's right, where they take the meat and um, uh, people order them over, you know, you get them frozen, sent all over the country. Shipped all over the country, right, for that. And a real interesting touch there because of the Creole settlements in that Cane River area uh, with the seasoning and the flavoring of those meat pies is just delicious. And then I think if you get over into um, the uh, southeast side of the state, you you see some more influence from the uh, Mississippi Delta and and that area, very traditional Southern cooking in that area, a little bit different still, but but we can take any kind of Southern cooking uh, that you want and still, like you said, have a crawfish sauce or a, a, a make a gumbo out of something and and it's it's you're right, every part of the state, there's a good restaurant we can tell you where to go eat. And I've spent a lot of time in Natchez, Mississippi, because my home where I uh, became uh, involved in public life and practiced law was just right across the river from Natchez. But you're right, Rana. Brunches, for example, with poached eggs and and uh, slabs of bacon and uh, great uh, flavored toast, cinnamon toast, another thing like that, are a staple that have kind of come from Mississippi Catfish, of course, is very popular up in northeast Louisiana. Comes from the uh, great number of catfish farms you find in Mississippi. Right. Some in North Louisiana, but it's a huge Mississippi influence in terms of those kinds of foods. And uh, it's not the, uh, the the heavy sauces you find in in South Louisiana, but it still is a, a great flavor 
And then again, as I said, so much of this massive influence of, of New Orleans and South Louisiana is working itself kind of like Jello or, you know, the blob on up into <laughs> that part of the state to where people make a trip down to South Louisiana to load up with sacks of crawfish and bring it back up. And you can find them in local restaurants right. along that Natchez, uh, uh, Northeast Louisiana coast. And our listeners should know, too, that part of the state is really probably made most famous by that delicacy, Jim Brown's world-famous squirrel stew. And other country <laughs> recipes. That's the cookbook, folks. Listen, if you want to eat good uh, uh, flavors of Louisiana, you get my cookbook. Just go, uh, uh, just uh, Google uh, Jim Brown's world-famous Cajun's, rather, uh, country's... Uh, world cut- squirrel stew. That's right. And, uh, and by the way, we have... Rana is a prolific author. I've written a few books, and uh, the... the uh, Cookbook itself is available on our website. Uh, if you just go to to datelinelouisiana.com and look over in one of the columns, you'll see the Lisbon Press. Click that button. It'll take you right to our website where Rana's book, she's on her third book now, for getting ready for a fourth book. Uh, I've got a number of books up there, and, and the cookbook is up there. So, again, go to datelinelouisiana.com. Click on that Lisbon Press link, and you can find all those choices. So, right. Uh, if they don't want to come and tour all of our great restaurants, they can cook up some of the delicacies of their own. And, and you've got some great recipes in that book from some of our former governors and statesmen. Uh, it's an interesting and very eclectic, uh, but but definitely the squirrel stew worth trying. No doubt about it. So, uh, well, we hope we've enlightened you in terms of, of the food with Louisiana. You can find past podcasts where we talk about uh, music. We talk about a general topic of Louisiana. We talk about a number of subjects. And we'll be on usually every other week. There'll be a new podcast up, and we'll take a different subject. And if you want to learn about this special place that we call home, that we think is unique, uh, and uh, people who are interested in possibly coming down and visiting, coming and hunting and fishing, coming boating, sailing, uh, deep sea fishing, unbelievable off the the uh, coast of Louisiana. All these play into the special flavors we have that we're talking about. And we hope you'll tune in and listen. We'll be doing this uh, uh, every other week. There'll be a new podcast put up, Rana. And uh, and we'll uh, talk about some of the outdoor activities that, that go on in Louisiana's famous for the Sportsman's Paradise. So you don't have to worry about eating all that good food. You can work off those calories by... No Enjoying doubt. the outdoors here. I was head of. I was on the phone with the head of the state parks people just today, talking about some unique uh, locations that we'll talk about. A special uh, older homes and some of the unique things we can do in the parks. So uh, uh, we'll we'll do that, and we'll put all this information up on our website again. Go to datelinelouisiana.com. You'll find a lot about our show and how you can kind of get past podcasts. That's all posted up there. And subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And let us hear from you topics you're interested in. And we'll uh, try to add those to the list. And if you've got any questions, you'll find our email and contact list on that website at datelinelouisiana.com. We'll be glad to respond back to you, take your questions, as Rhonda says, and keep you posted about the place we love, and we hope you'll come down and visit. So uh, with that, Rhonda, uh, time to wrap this show up, but I'm already getting excited about next week. We've got to talk about some of the art 
And uh, as you mentioned, some of the special places in state parks. So we'll be doing it regularly here on our but, show. But right now, I've got to go find something to eat. I've, this has made me so hungry <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> I am too. I am too. So, hey, thanks for listening, folks. DatelineLouisiana.com. Uh, check us out in a couple of weeks. We'll be right back here to tell you more about the deepest of these southern states, Louisiana. We're sure glad you listened to us today. Take care. Thanks for listening to Dateline Louisiana with Jim Brown and Ronna Gray. To subscribe to this podcast or contact Jim or Ronna, visit DatelineLouisiana.com. We hope you'll join us again next week for more news and reflections from the Bayou State.